Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, everybody. Welcome again. We've got another Growing in Grace podcast going on here. I'm Joel, the Breeze Man. Joel Brzezinski. Mike Kapler's with me. Uh, we've been doing a, uh, a series here, Cap, called Covenant Confusion. I think that's a very ingenious title. Covenant Confusion. <laughs> you came up with that, so I'm just trying to give you some kudos there. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, what is it's because uh, uh, I think as we've talked about the last uh, six weeks on this podcast, there is a lot of confusion when it comes to uh, just what it is uh, about what covenant we're in. Are we in a mixture of covenants? You see in the Bible, you've got the old covenant and you've got the new covenant. People open up their Bibles, and, and does all of this apply to me as a Christian? Does some of it apply to me? Which parts of it apply to me? And uh, so we've been trying to talk about some of the specifics of, of some of these things. I think we've had some really good conversations the last few uh, weeks, and now uh, we're moving on. We'll be wrapping this up here pretty soon. Uh, just a few more thoughts uh, to share this week. Cap. You know, Joel, I, I think where religion has missed it, you could probably name a number of different things, but I think what you could narrow it down to is a uh, misunderstanding of the two covenants. That has caused uh, a lot of confusion and uh, just frustration, I think, from people who have attended church much of their life. Uh, it, it has sent so many of us completely in a, in a wrong and different direction and has caused us to misunderstand what the gospel is. And I don't think that's a good place for us to be as believers, not understanding what the gospel is. I'm not saying that we'll understand everything, but obviously God wants us to know what this good news is about. And mixing up the covenants, that's why we're spending so much time on this. And as I listen back to some of our programs that have been airing, as we post them week by week, I keep thinking, man, I, I thought we really covered it when we were recording. But as I listen back, there's so much more to to get into, and and so we're going to keep moving forward here, though. Yeah, you know, I've I've sometimes thought about how to put this in in a word picture, and I don't know if I've ever really come up with a really good thing. But I sometimes think about if you're going on vacation, you take a bus or an airplane or whatever. Let's just say you're taking an airplane. The airplane is the thing that gets you there, but once you're there. You're on vacation, and you're no longer thinking about the airplane. The, the airplane no longer has anything to do with your vacation. I think in the same way, the law, the Old Covenant, had a purpose. It got us someplace. It, it had a purpose, and it was to get us to a certain place. And once we're there, it's gone. But the, And there's a reason why it was there. The law was a tutor to bring the world to Christ. Once Christ has come... Once faith has come, a person's no longer under the tutor, but they're on vacation. You know, they're, they're done with the airplane because it's a permanent vacation. The airplane is gone. It's, it's in the past. You don't bring that thing with you. You don't lug it around with you to the beach or to uh, the hotel or to Disneyland or whatever you're doing. The airplane stays back there. The old covenant is gone. The new has come. It, it had a purpose to get you there. And the law led to Christ, but now under Christ we're no longer under the supervision of the law. And so they don't mix. 
And so I think a lot of this confusion that people have is because they're trying to bring the old and make it fit into the new. And Cap, Jesus, uh, we were talking about where we were going to go this time. And, uh, you know, some people will say, well, Jesus said that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And so a lot of people will think, well, therefore, since Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, now that we're in Christ, the law still has a place in our lives. How would you you know, address something like that, Cap, where, where Jesus himself said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law, and not only the law, but the prophets? I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. How would you address something like that, Cap? Yeah. Yeah, good point, because uh, the, the prophets, he, he did include that, too. I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. To fulfill means to complete, to fill to the top, to lack nothing, to meet the demand. And Jesus, remember, when he said this, he said this, as we talked before in our series, he said this as an old covenant prophet to the Jewish people under the law when he made that statement. And then he proceeded to tell them, if you'll recall, that if you want to attain righteousness uh, through the law, through works, that their righteousness would have to exceed that of the Pharisees, which would have been hard for them to grasp. How could you possibly exceed the, the righteousness of the Pharisees? They were the pinnacle to those Jewish people back at that time as far as trying to reach that level, uh, because the, these people dedicated their lives to keeping the law, right? So anyway, but think about this. Jesus could not fulfill something, even though the New Covenant, the Apostle Paul, and I'll read the scripture here in a minute in Ephesians, said that the law has been abolished. But here, under the Old Covenant, it had not yet. Jesus came to fulfill the law on our behalf, uh, which he did, of course. And so now what we've got here, I think, is, is uh, I know, here's the point I was trying to make. You can't fulfill something if it's been abolished. Well, at that time, it had not been abolished yet. After Jesus fulfilled the law, then, of course, the old covenant was replaced with the new. We're going to talk more about that. So Jesus became the, the spotless lamb, worthy of the one sacrifice that uh, would redeem mankind. Ephesians 2.15, where Paul said that the law has, has been abolished. Jesus abolished the law. That word abolish in the Greek it means to to render idle, unemployed, inactivate, inoperative, to cause a person or thing to have no further efficiency, to cause to cease, to put an end to, to do away with, annul, abolish. That's what it means, to cease, to pass away, be done away with. Here's another meaning from the word abolish, Joel, to terminate all intercourse with one. And I think this is interesting, to terminate all intercourse with one, because I think something you touched on might have even been last week. In Romans 7, Paul used the example of how we have died to the law, that we were married to the law, at least the Jewish people who were under the law were in a relationship that was like marriage. But then they died to the law and were married to another, which was Christ. And I just think it's interesting, now that we're the bride of Christ, we terminated all intercourse with the law. I just think that's an interesting uh, interesting illustration there with that. Yeah, Paul, I, I love how he uh, talks about it in, in Romans 7, and he, uh, he also says a, a very similar thing in, uh, I think it's uh, Galatians 2. Uh, yeah, it's like in uh, where, where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, I no longer live, 
but Christ lives in me. Uh, but right before that, he says in verse 19, For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So he had to die, as a Jew, he had to die to the law in order that he might live to God. And um, as you say in Romans 7, uh, Paul words that as, a, as a, he talks about that as a marriage, in order to be married to Christ, in order to be married to Christ, the person uh, had to die to the law. And otherwise, it's adultery. Like, and, and I love the what you just talked about there, you know, terminating intercourse. And But just to be clear for some people, First of all, we started by saying that Jesus didn't abolish the law, and now we're talking about how the law has been ab abolished. What we're saying here is that Jesus himself, at first, he didn't come to abolish it because he had to fulfill it. Like you said, if, he wouldn't ha if, if the law would have been abolished first, he wouldn't have been able to fulfill it. But once he did, well, then what was able to happen was it as uh, I, I think it's Colossians 2 says, the law then was able to be nailed to the cross with him. It was taken away. It was taken out of the way, Colossians 2 says. It was uh, done away with. It was nailed to the cross with Christ. And that has freed people up to be married to this new resurrected Christ with the law no longer in the way. And so as a Jew, a person had to become dead to the law in order to be married to Christ. And as we've mentioned a few times throughout this series, as Gentiles, we actually never were married to the law. The wonderful thing about Gentiles is that even though what the problem with Gentiles, what the problem was for Gentiles, was that they were considered far off, as Paul words it in one place. Uh, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were without God and with no hope in this world. But through Jesus... Even though we didn't have the law, through Jesus we were able to come to God by grace through faith in exactly the same way that the Jews were. The Jews who had to die to the law, they came to Christ, they came to God by grace through faith. So it's the same thing for everybody. Everybody comes to God by grace through faith. The only thing was that the Jews ha had this marriage to the law and the Gentiles didn't have the marriage to the law. Exactly. And even though we Gentiles were never married to the law, it seems that these days some like to have an affair with it once in a while. Um, True. <laughs> but you, you make a good point, though. Very much. Uh, you know, when, when uh, the promise was given to Abraham, as we talked earlier, 430 years before the law, and of course made available to us, the promise made available to us as, as non-Jews, we we were brought into this, but it's, even though we weren't married to the law, you can still see a, a great example uh, of how people have been freed from the burden of the commandment, which brought death, and brought into the covenant of the Spirit, which which brings life. And uh, another example that we touched on briefly, I think, before Joel was um, when Jesus said, "Hunger and thirst after righteousness." Again, he was saying that around the same time as he was uh, before the Sermon on the Mount. And speaking to the Jews under the law, hunger and thirst after righteousness. But in John 6.35, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. There he is looking forward to the new covenant. He didn't contradict himself. He was just talking to uh, the people at first, hunger and thirst after righteousness. He was talking to them before the Sermon on the Mount, under the law, to the Jews. But then later in John, I started looking ahead to the new covenant and said, hey, 
Um, righteousness is something you will never have to hunger or thirst for again. That's what the new covenant brings for us. Mm-hmm. And and there, it's just amazing to me now. You know, now that I've seen so many of these things that we've been talking about during the last few weeks, just how big of a contrast there is between all of the things that were in the old covenant and all of the things that we find out are true of us in the new covenant. Death, condemnation, guilt, bondage. That was the purpose, and that's what happened under the old covenant. Whereas in the new covenant, free from condemnation, life, righteousness, peace with God, and so many things, it just amazes me how I could have lived for any amount of time seeing all these things but not putting the pieces together that you can't mix these two things together because they're so different. And so one of the things that we're going to do as we uh, wrap up things here, uh, we're going to take some time just to, re- uh, to to highlight some of the differences, the contrasts, without getting into great detail about some things. But next week we'll take a look at uh, some of the some of the different things that are, are some of the things that are different between the old covenant and the new covenant, and see just exactly how much of a contrast there was between the two. So stay close for that. We'll do that next week right here on Growing in Grace at GrowingInGrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.